Yo. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle Podcast. I'm 12 Kyle, but you're listening, so you probably have figured that out by now. <laughs> if you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. You can find this podcast just about anywhere, so there's no reason not to subscribe. All right, so check it. On this particular podcast, we're going to take a look back. Go back to June 30th, 1992. LaFace Records releases the soundtrack to the movie Boomerang. So we're going to talk about the Boomerang soundtrack. Talk a little bit about the movie and the tracks and why this record was so, so dope. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn. We're going to drop the theme music and we're going to get this podcast cracking. Let's get it. Welcome back. As I mentioned at the top, man, we're talking about the Boomerang soundtrack 25 years later. And it's, it's really, really bugged out to, for me to even say that because it doesn't feel like it's been 25 years since this soundtrack came out. Um, the movie subsequently came out the day after the soundtrack dropped. It, the movie came out July 1st, 1992. Uh, but before I get into the movie, let me explain to you what a soundtrack is, because I'm pretty sure that there's, you know, maybe a few of you listening that have no idea what it is that I'm talking about. Um, back in the day, <laughs> it's hard to say back in the day, but yeah, back in the day when a movie would come out, uh, record companies got this idea to, you know, some of the songs that you would hear in the movie to kind of make a compilation and put it on a album or disc or whatever you what have you um it wasn't a new concept in 1992 but in the early to mid 90s it was very popular to do this and sometimes you had a situation where the soundtracks were you know not only a staple of the movie but the soundtracks you know in some cases were a lot better than the movies were um, but it was something that artists would love to do because not only do you ride the wave of the sales, you know, if the album does well, but it also gets an artist a chance to get themselves put out there, particularly if they're newer artists. Um, but in this case, man, the Boomerang soundtrack was a movie that was, I'm mean, excuse me, a soundtrack from a movie that was highly, highly anticipated. Uh, if you did not see the movie, um, and at this point, I don't know how you can, but <laughs> if you have not seen the movie, I don't want to spoil it for you. But after you finish listening to this podcast, you should watch the movie as the movie is now 25 years old. Um, but the movie stars, obviously, it's about Eddie Murphy, who is a, you know, executive. And, you know, he's, you know, meets this woman who is uh, played by Robin Givens. Uh, Eddie Murphy's character's name is Marcus Graham, the infamous Marcus Graham. <laughs> and he meets uh, an executive uh, by the name of Jacqueline Breuer, who's played by Robin Givens. Um, 
and he falls for it. And you know, Robert Mark, excuse me, Marcus Graham was a you know he was a dog. You know, he ran through women or whatever like that. And he finally met his match, and you know she kind of boomeranged on it. She flipped it on him, and he subsequently ends up you know kind of chasing her. And in the meantime, he meets Halle Berry, played by. Uh, um, excuse me, uh, her name was Angela Lewis in the movie played by Halle Berry, and they kick it, fall off, and come back together. Uh, nonetheless, watch the movie. I mean, the movie has some supreme heavy hitters as far as talent. Um, obviously, the aforementioned Eddie Murphy, Robin Givens, Halle Berry, David Allen Greer, Martin Lawrence, John Witherspoon, Grace Jones, Jeffrey Holder, Eartha Kitt, Chris Rock, <laughs> Tisha Campbell, and Layla Rashawn, just to name a few. There's a lot of cameos in it. Um, it's a great movie. It is by far one of my favorite movies, personally. Um, so yeah, after you finish listening to this podcast, if you haven't seen it, watch the movie. Um, if you have seen it, watch it again, but listen to the podcast first. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, um, I think it's uh, one thing about the soundtrack. Again, soundtracks were really, really big back then. And again, this is 1992. And, you know, it was because the movie was so highly anticipated because of the stars that were in it. I think people knew that the soundtrack was going to have to be dope to go along with it. Um, again, it wasn't nothing new, but I think one of the things that I liked about this soundtrack when I initially heard it was, you know, how they blended in different genres of music. I mean, obviously there's R&B, um, there's a new Jack swing element to it. Uh, it's very soulful. There's hip hop in it. Um, you know, so it, it was a lot of different, a lot of different genres of music kind of blended in, put in a pot, if you will. And of course this is, this album was released on LaFace Records. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was one of the you know initial releases on LaFace Records. Uh, that was the record label owned by L.A. Reid and Babyface. Um, and it launched their, you know, well, I don't want to say launched because they were already established. But it, you know, they executive, executive produced this album and this album flew off the charts. Um, again, at the time... You know, soundtracks were nothing new, but I don't think in 2017 they're still making soundtracks. If they are, you know, let me know. I don't really know of any movies that have really, really dope soundtracks or soundtracks at all. Um, but back then, it was kind of like a package. You know, the, the soundtrack went along with the movie. And, you know, like I said, there were cases where the soundtracks were better than the movies. Uh, there were cases where the movies were better than the soundtracks. Uh, personally speaking, I think this soundtrack is as dope as the movie was. And then like, and again, I'm a little biased here because this is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, I love this movie, man. It's so funny. It's one of those movies that... And I'm a big Eddie Murphy fan. So if it's ever on TV, I don't care what's happening. I'm going to stop and sit and watch it. Um, but this album did numbers. Uh, the soundtrack... Um, was number one on billboard it was it actually ended up being certified triple platinum uh three million copies sold um you know it was top of the r&b charts uh this album was very critically acclaimed um the first single that was released from the album was actually featured babyface uh it was a song by uh babyface and tony braxton 
who I think was a very new artist at the time um, called Give You My Heart. Uh, and that was the first single. Then they subsequently released other singles. I think the first single was released uh, June 15, uh, 1992. So a couple of weeks before the album actually came out. Um, but again, this album was met with critical acclaim. Um, like I said, back then, man, soundtracks were everything. If you had a dope soundtrack, that really, really helped uh, as far as the sound. And again, if you have to go back to 1992, this album was so, so highly, excuse me, the movie was highly anticipated. So when you when you started hearing about who was going to be on the album, um, you got that buzz, man. It was like, OK, this this might be something. Um, so, yeah, man. The Boomerang soundtrack, triple platinum. Um, it was uh, it, it was a, it was a crazy album, man. It was a crazy album. Again, if you have not listened to it, please, after you finish listening to this podcast, go back and listen to it. Um, just to give you an idea, the album was only it's right at fifty, a little more than fifty five minutes long, which is perfect timing for an album. Uh, some of the producers that worked on it obviously was uh, Kenny Babyface Edmonds. Uh, Antonio L.A. Reed, um, A Tribe Called Quest, Dallas Austin, uh, P.M. Dawn, Randy Rand, uh, Shivani, Daryl Simmons, and Kenny Vaughn, just to name a few. Um, this album, I mean, it didn't get any uh, <laughs> mics in the source, but if I had to give this album, if I had to base it on a five mic scale, I'd give it a four, man. It's a very, very solid album. Um Again, it goes along well with the movie. The songs, I think, are intertwined in the movie. Um, and I think it really, really hit home. And it really made for a good mixture of the movie as well as the soundtrack. So, i tell you what. Let's take a quick commercial break. Hold on, I'm getting tongue-tied. <laughs> let's take a quick commercial break. I uh, got the new lips today in the mail. Um, <laughs> quick commercial break. I'm going to play a clip from the movie. Uh, This is one of the best scenes in the movie. Uh, Halle Berry and Eddie Murphy are going back and forth. Uh, Classic scene in the movie. So I'll play a clip. And then on the other side, we'll break down the tracks of this album and tell you why it was significant and why I love it so much. Um, So sit back. Let me play the commercial and I'll be back on the other side. How'd it go last night? Okay. Okay. Must have gone pretty well. You didn't get home until the middle of the night. I went for a walk so I could sort some things out. That was in my head that I was tripping on. Like the fact that you're still in love with Jacqueline, right? Angela, I saw the woman and a bunch of stuff that was in me I didn't even know was still there came out. Things happened and... There's certain things you just have no control over, all right? Really? Like what? Like love. Love? You know, what do you know about love? What do you possibly think you know about love? You know, I'm sick and tired of men using love like it's some kind of disease you just catch. Love should have brought your ass home last night. Didn't you just hear me say I was sorry? I heard you say you're sorry. You're sorry and you're tired. You don't love me. You don't love Jacqueline. You only love your damn self. How could you say I never cared about you? You know, Jacqueline says that I'm a better person now, and I know I owe that all to you. 
I'm out of here. I'll get the rest of my things later. Let me just tell you one more thing. I might not be all glamorous. I don't have hair weaved all down my back. But let me tell you one great thing about me, all right? I've got heart. You know the bad thing about having heart, Marcus? Is that it gets broken when you deal with people like you. Now stay the fuck out of my life! And just like that, I'm back. <laughs> Once again, it's your boy, 12 Kyle. The 12 Kyle Podcast. We're talking about the Boomerang soundtrack 25 years later. Uh, yo, shout out to Halle Berry, man. That that scene right there was classic. And that sound you heard, uh, that was Eddie Murphy getting slapped. <laughs> yo, so as I mentioned at the top, man, we're talking about the soundtrack. Uh, let's get into these tracks, man. Um, the Again, I think one of the great things about this album was that... Uh, you know, the, the songs were strategically placed not only on the album, but inside the movie as well. Uh, they released several singles on this album. Um, the first one was the first song that appears on the album, and that is uh, Give You My Heart uh, by Babyface and Tony Braxton. Again, I think at least for me, and I could be wrong, maybe some one of you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. I think this was the first time that we had heard from Tony Braxton. Like we didn't know who she was. If I'm not sure if her album came out before this one or not, but I know she, at least to me, she was relatively new. Um, great voice. She was real cute. Had a really nice short haircut. Um, but yeah, it was my first time seeing Tony Braxton and her, you know, hooking up with uh, Babyface. Um, this would be a formidable team in years to come, uh, not just on this particular song, but on her subsequent songs and albums. Um, love this song, man. It's, it's an upbeat song, really, really good feeling. And, you know, the, they had a video for it. Uh, the song, as I mentioned, was the first track that was released off the soundtrack. It was released on June 15th, 1992. So a couple weeks before the album actually dropped. But if you want to give something, uh, if you want to give this album a kickstart, if you will, I think this was the perfect, tr- perfect track. Um, you know, Tony Braxton and and uh, Babyface sound good together. They always have. And personally, to me, I think they always will. Um, but yeah, dope, dope track. Then we go to track number two. Um, it's going to be all right. Uh, that is Aaron Hall uh, featuring Charlie Wilson. Now, I thought this track was really interesting because um, Aaron Hall from Guy. Uh, and then you have Charlie Wilson uh, from the Gap Band. Uh, this was interesting because Aaron Hall, you know, he has patterned himself vocally after, uh, Charlie Wilson. Charlie Wilson was one of his and is one of his major musical influences. Um, so it was good to hear them on the same track. Uh, the track has a new Jack swing feel, if you will. (laughs) But, um, I thought this was like really, you know, kind of foreshadowing for what, we would see from later on from you in, in subsequent years from Charlie Wilson, uh, where Charlie Wilson lent his vocals to a younger generation and a younger generation, maybe a generation who did not catch the Gap Band, uh, got exposed to Charlie Wilson uh, because of his affiliation with Aaron Hall. Um, Aaron Hall, obviously of Guy fame. Aaron Hall was riding a wave of Guy. Guy was, 
you know, pretty big at this particular time in 1992. Um, so, yeah, I, I like this track, too, man. This flows. Um, very, very nice track. Uh, then we go to track three, uh, Tonight is Right by Keith Washington. Um, Keith Washington at the time, man, was really, really known as a really smooth balladeer, if you will. Um, the cat can sing. I mean, I don't know if you like or dislike Keith Washington, but I've always, you know, respected what he did. Uh, the cat can blow. That's, it, it goes without saying, <laughs> but, uh, tonight is right. Is is a really, really nice track. I like how they placed it in the movie. Um, they placed it in the movie. I, I want to say when, uh, uh, when Eddie Murphy, uh, AKA Marcus Graham invites Jacqueline, who is Robin Givens character over to his house for the first time. And he's trying to, um, trying to mack her, if you will. <laughs> Shout out to hating Tisha Campbell from next door, Yvonne from next door. Uh, so yeah, uh, I thought that track was perfectly placed in the movie. Um, Again, Keith Washington is dope, man. So tonight is right. Another, another solid song. Um, the next song, track four. Uh, man, I Die Without You by PM Dawn. This song uh, was the third track that was released um, as a single. Uh, it was released on October 9th, 1992. I'll come back to the second track that was released in just a second. Um, man, what can I say about this song? PM Dawn, uh, you know, they had a reputation um, as these nuanced, new age artists or whatever. And, you know, if you looked at them, you kind of couldn't tell if they were singers or, you know, they tried to rap. <laughs> uh, but PM Dawn, I think, was a little bit ahead of their time, if you will. Um, as far as being different was concerned. But um, this track is a slam. It's a slam. <laughs> it's a slam dunk, man. I mean, what can I say? It was strategically placed in the movie. Perfect timing and everything. Um, and it's, you know, it's one of those memorable tracks from the year 1992. Obviously, it's one of the standout tracks on this album. But, uh, you know, if you mention PM Dawn to anyone, this is their signature track. This is the track that people will always remember PM Dawn by. Um, incredible track. Um, you know, something you want to sing back in 1992. It might have been something you sang to your ladies. You know, <laughs> fellas would sing to the ladies. Uh, but nonetheless, man, dope, dope track. Uh, track five, uh, Seven Day Weekend. That was the name of the track. Seven Day Weekend by the weird grace jones <laughs> um i don't know how this track got on his album it's produced by dallas austin so i guess that's how it got on it got on the album uh it wasn't a bad track but uh you know you gotta you gotta kind of have a different kind of appreciation with grace jones obviously grace jones is in the movie uh and has <laughs> one of the classic scenes where she's going back and forth with eddie murphy in the scene about whether or not Eddie Murphy wanted to sleep with her. And a funny story, uh, if you if you remember that scene, she's going back and forth, and she they're in a restaurant, and she you know she she alludes to the fact that she knows that 
uh, Eddie Murphy has slept with uh, Robin Givens. And she said, you know, you can't resist me, basically. Uh, and so she does that or whatever like that. So that's back and forth. So that is so funny. But one of the other funny scenes in the movie was, um, and this is a quick antidote about the movie, was there's a scene in the movie where she is, I guess they were talking about the perfume that she was supposed to be promoting or what have you. And she's supposed to, in the movie, she takes her panties off and she takes it and puts it in the scientist who's testing the perfume, uh, her perfume, her signature perfume, and takes her panties off and puts it in the guy's face. Well, little known fact is that when they were, re- were rehearsing this scene, uh, legend has it that they were rehearsing at Eddie Murphy's house. And the crazy Grace Jones, just in rehearsal, took her panties off and put it in a dude's face. <laughs> really, Grace Jones? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, seven day weekend. That's track number five. Um, track six. It's a little track. You may have heard of it. It was the second single that was released from the album. Uh, This single was released on July 24th, 1992. Uh, The song is called End of the Road by Boyz II Men. Um, What can I say about this song that you don't already know? This song was partly a huge part of why this album went triple platinum. Um... I want to say this song stayed at the top of the charts for like 50 something weeks or something like like at number one. I mean, it was some crazy number. Um, This obviously put boys to men on the map. Um, I'm sorry. It spent 13 weeks at number one on Billboard's uh, Hot 100. 13 weeks at number one, Um, which at the time was a record. it's one of the most popular songs of the 90s, hands down. And again, it put Boys to Men on the map. Um, end of the Road, very fitting for this uh, soundtrack, very fitting for this movie. Uh, I know that there's a segment of the population that really got tired of uh, this song pretty quickly. And it was easy to because when it was at number one for those record 13 weeks, uh, end of the road was on every radio station, and what I mean by that is it was on pop radio stations, it was on urban contemporary radio stations. Translations was on black radio and white radio. <laughs> so you really could, and the video was all over MTV, BT, etc., etc. So you really couldn't get away from the song. But it's a dope song. Um, there's some simpage <laughs> with my man starts talking uh you know in the middle of the song but you know that's neither here nor that's 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 another story for another day nonetheless dope track end of the road one of the major reasons why this album went triple platinum um next track is track seven uh reversal of a dog uh featuring damien dame and the highland place mobsters tlc and tony braxton um, this song is okay. It's probably, to be honest, it's probably my least favorite song on the album. Um, you know, they used a little sample from Atomic Dog from uh, George Clinton. Uh, so that was cool. But, um, you know, and having TLC on it was cool. Uh, but 
you know, it's okay. But the theme of it, reversal of a dog, like, you know, the, the, the script was flipped on Eddie Murphy. So even though I don't particularly care that much for this song, uh, it does have, you know, it does have some resonance with the theme of the, the soundtrack as well as the theme of the movie. So I think it's a good fit. Um, track eight, uh, the aforementioned Love Should Have Brought You Home, which was the fourth uh, track that was released from the album. It was released on December 4th, 1992. Um, man, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this song. Obviously, it's by Tony Braxton. Um, this was the song. Uh, this was another banger that really put this album over the top. Uh, it fit in perfectly with what, uh, you know, Angela, played by uh, Halle Berry's character, was trying to convey. You know, love should have brought you home last night, which is what she said in, in, the, in the clip that I played. Um, perfect song, man. Perfect song. Again, uh, it teams up. Tony Braxton is singing, but this song is produced and written by uh, Babyface. So, you know, this was just the start of Tony Braxton's career, but it was, you know, also the start of, you know, the relationship that she had musically with uh, Babyface. So I, I felt like it was a perfect marriage. Um, love that song, man. That, that's one of those 90s jams that you never get tired of playing. Um, yeah, one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, track nine. There You Go by Johnny Gill. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I have a confession to make. Uh, this is my favorite song on this album. Uh, Johnny Gill, obviously you know him from New Edition fame. Uh, but yeah, man, this song... <laughs> this song, I'll put it like this. Back in the day, back in the 90s, cats used to make... You know the, the the slow jams get the draws tape. Um, shout out to the slow jams get the draws tapes. Um, <laughs> if you made a slow jams get the draws tape, and there you go was not on your slow jams get the draws tape. I'm looking at you funny because this is the ultimate slow jams get the draws tape song. You know what I'm saying? This song belongs on your tape. Hands down, no questions asked. Johnny Gill kills it on this song. Um, if you remember the movie, uh, I think Jacqueline and you know Marcus Graham were having sex during during this song, uh, or maybe they had just finished. Um, but yeah, man, that this song is an incredible song. One of my favorite songs from Johnny Gill. The favorite song for me on this particular album. There you go. Johnny Gill um, track 10 it you know the, the album kind of picks up a little bit because it goes from a love ballad to uh, the happy go lucky don't want to love you by Shanice um, I like this song I mean Shanice is cool Shanice was cute uh, she was you know kind of popping back in the 90s so uh, this song I thought was a very good fit um, you know it, it's it fits in ex exactly where it needs to be um, and it's Shawnee's. I mean, everybody loved Shawnee's back then. So, and, and even to the, still to this day, Shawnee's mad cool. So, uh, "Don't Wanna Love You" was another another good song on this album. Um, track eleven, 
uh, Feels Like Heaven, which I'm quite sure this song was played when <laughs> when uh, Eddie Murphy and... and uh <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm picturing the scene now. That's why I'm laughing. Uh, when, when Marcus Graham and Jacqueline are having sex. Um, this is a, you know... I don't want to call it bebop, but it's a different kind of song. But it feels like heaven, Kenny Vaughn and the Art of Love. Um, it's only two minutes. It's only it's the shortest song on the album. It's only two minutes and four seconds, um, but a dope, dope song nonetheless. Um, and this song too appeared on you know a few slow jam get the draws tapes. Wasn't on mine, but <laughs> tape worthy nonetheless. Uh, and last but not least, the album closes out with with one of my favorite all time hip hop groups of all time, a tribe called Quest, Hot Sex. Uh, they got my man um, from Digital Underground on the hook. Well, they sampled him, I should say, for the hook. Um, Humpty Hump or Shock G, whatever you want to call him. But uh, Hot Sex, man, Tip and Fife. I mean, what what more could you ask for? The song's only two two minutes and forty five seconds, so it's relatively short. But um, yeah, man, it was it was a dope song. I still love it. Uh, rest in peace to the five footer, uh, the five foot assassin, uh, Fife Dog. Man, this is one of my favorite. One of my it's it's definitely one of the favorite tribe songs because uh, it's just got that bounce, man. I just I love it. Uh, but I'm a huge tribe fan, so I have a lot of I have a t- <laughs> I have a ton of tribe songs, so. Um, but yeah, man, this, this song is perfect for the album. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't really remember it being in the movie. It could be, uh, I'm not sure, but nonetheless, a great closeout to this album. Um, why is this album significant? I think this album is significant because it did crazy numbers. I mean, like, again, as I mentioned at the top, um, soundtracks were, I don't want to say a necessity, but soundtracks really, really went well with these uh, with these movies. But there were there weren't many soundtracks that, you know, sold and had these kind of smash records. I mean, like you have your third, your fourth single, excuse me, your second single goes not only platinum, but or pushes the album platinum. But it stays at number one for 13 consecutive weeks, beating out Elvis. I mean, that's unheard of. Uh, and this is just, it, it, and obviously, subsequently, Boys and Men, you know, had it on their album, on their initial album. Um, but, you know, and I'm not even sure, and maybe somebody could tell me, I'm not sure if Boys and Men's album came first or it came on the soundtrack first. Nonetheless, I think that's still dope, really, for it to even be in the midst of the success of this album. Um, again, crazy crazy album uh i think it was in obviously end of the road was written by uh babyface um so that was you know another smash and another, <laughs> another smash up under his belt um but yeah man it, it, it was i think this album uh it set a trend for what you know people wanted albums or you know soundtracks to sound like more importantly, look like. Um, so yeah, man, I, I I didn't have any problems with this album. Uh, I loved it. I think it's, you know, for the times, it was groundbreaking, and I think it was something that 
you know, people wanted to, you know, see and and you know when you hear the soundtrack, you know, you kind of want to see the movie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was it was dope, man. So I I had no problem with, you know, any way that the tracks were listed and and the sound and you know, there was no there's no skippable tracks on here. I think this is a very very solid album. Again, if you have not listened to it, it's been 25 years at the time of this recording. Make sure that you check it out. Boomerang soundtrack 25 years later. That's going to do it for me. Thanks again for listening, downloading, subscribing to another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.